Don't do it, girl. It's not worth it. What? I did it. You need to get on TikTok. Ugh, I won't. You know how many times I've been told to get on TikTok in the past week? Uh, how many times have I told you? At least like three. No. Other people <laughs> have told me several and I won't do it. So there you go. That's where I'm drawing the line. Peer pressure Haley into getting a TikTok. Well, so I can send her corgi videos to my heart's content. I can see corgis on any of the other social medias I have. And you know what? I'm whittling those down too. You're whittling Let's down do, the corgis? No, I'm whittling down the okay. social media accounts because you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Ooh. By the time I'm 30, I'm going to have two accounts, two social meds, and that's it. Yep. Mark my words. Yep. I that's mean, I I w- if I could, I would. But I got to share my work and one for each brain cell things one for each brain cell yes haha <laughs> 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 anyway. for once i have more brain cells than Haley. uh today we are talking about uh true crime in musical theater theater and this started as like horror and true crime in theater so like plays and musicals and stuff that's based on real life and just horror in theater and then it started like expanding so much i was like i gotta narrow this shit down so there might be a part two to this there might be a a complete like horror or true crime plays we've talked about a couple um relating to cases we've already talked about i know there was um that play called the library from uh when we talked about columbine recently um we'll get we'll get to a couple of other interesting ones but this is true crime cases that inspired musicals and i know we are both theater files i was gonna say theater nerds but that's probably nicer that's probably nicer to say it's theater file yeah so this is is a very this is a very self-indulgent episode because (laughs) it is two things i love All we do is listen to the sounds of our own voices for an hour. I think every episode is pretty self-indulgent at this point. (laughs) Okay, sure. Okay, so some are obviously, they're very popular shows, like Tony Award winning Broadway shows um, that you've probably heard of or know some music of. If you haven't, go ahead and listen to it. Theater's Not Dead, it's coming back. Um, First and foremost, um, probably one of my favorite shows in the entire world. Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Ooh! Yes. For those who do not that. know, uh, the synopsis is a barber from Free- a barber from Fleet Street in London, Todd, murders his customers with a straight razor and turns their bodies over to Mrs. Lovett, his partner in crime, who bakes their flesh into meat pies. That Worst is pies like in London. That is like the one the one sentence synopsis of this show. That's, There's that's so much great, more going on. Yeah, but that's still that's a great gist. Yes. And I will I mean we'll get to it, but allegedly based on a true case. We'll see. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm going to include some history on the show as well and other um adaptations. The story of Sweeney Todd first appeared as an 18-part Penny Dreadful, which is like these oh. short little stories, basically mm-hmm. early 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 creepy pasta. Yes, not the show on what is that showtime? Stars. Penny Dreadful? Yes. 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 Yeah. I think that I think it was Stars. I think it's like Stars. That. I think it's now on Netflix. But All same right. same whenever anybody says that now, I hate it, but that's what I think of too. I'm like, oh. Yeah. 
Remember that I'm sorry, show? <laughs> you're getting ambiance from outside because it's too nice out not to close the windows. I, I love your ambiance. All right. Well, uh, so yeah, it was an 18-part Penny Dreadful. It was published weekly in Edward Lloyd's The People's Periodical and Family Library, issues 7 to 24, between November 21st, 1846, to March 20th, 1847, under the title The String of Pearls, A Romance. Ooh. Yes. Uh, it was probably written by James Malcolm, Malcolm Reimer, though Thomas Preckett Priest, I think is how you say his name, uh, was credited with it originally. Try a bit of Priest. Uh, a little That's bit a lyric. That's yes. a little, yes. About uh, the pies. <laughs> uh, they possibly each worked on the serial from part to part. So like one person did one, one person did the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, other attributions include Edward P. Hingston, George McFarren, and Albert Richard Smith. And the story was expanded a few times up until 1975. There's like a whole history of this this string of pearls. Okay. Um, in February and March of 1947, before the serial was even completed, George uh, Dibden Pitt adapted the string of pearls as a melodrama for the Britannia theater in hoxton east london okay. other productions were staged in 1965 by frederick hazelton and in 1962 by brian j burton uh he composed new songs and lyrics for the four act adaptation in 1973 british playwright christopher bond gave todd a more sympathetic motive that he was benjamin barker a wrongly convicted barber who after 15 years in an australian penal colony escapes and returns to london under the new name sweeney todd only to find out that judge turpin who is responsible for his conviction raped his young wife and adopted his daughter fuck judge Uh, turpin yes i mean this is also like spoiler alert this is giving away the whole show but yeah you've seen it also i was gonna say it's been around okay yeah um at he at first plans to kill turpin but when his prey escapes he swears vengeance on the whole world and begins to slash customers throats he goes into business with miss lovett his former landlady who bakes Mm -hmm. his victims into flesh pies Mm -hmm. at the end of the play he finally gets his revenge by killing turpin and then unknowingly kills his own wife who mrs lovett had misled him into believing that had that she had died after learning the truth though he kills miss lovett but is in turn killed by Mrs. Lovett's assistant and surrogate son, Tobias Rag, who slits Todd's throat with his own razor. Uh, and this this version of the play is the basis for the musical. It's a bloodbath. It's a bloodbath from start to finish. It's fantastic. I love this show so much. The music is incredible. And why not? Because Stephen Sodheim, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Steven Sodheim and Hugh Wheeler um, created Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber, Fleet Street, a musical thriller. It opened on Broadway at the Eurus Theater on March 1st, 1979 and closed on June 29th, 1980 after 557 performances and 19 previews. It opened in London's West End at the Theater Royal Drury Lane on July 2nd, 1980. There were Broadway revivals in 1989 and 2005, Off-Broadway in 2017, London revivals in 1993, 2004, 2012, and 2015. Along with national touring cast, productions were staged in Australia, Budapest, Los Angeles, Barcelona, Helsinki, Dublin, Paris, Boston, Quebec City, Washington, D.C., South Africa, Wales, the Philippines, and Mexico, just to name a few. Oh, (laughs) only a few. Yeah. 
Uh, so, like I said, based on Bond's play, Sondheim felt that the addition of music would greatly increase the size and the drama, transforming it into a different theatrical experience, saying later, quote, what I did to Chris's play is more than enhance it. I had a feeling that it would be a new animal. The effect it had at Stratford East in London, the effect it had at the Euros Theater in New York are two entirely different effects, even though it's the same play. It was essentially charming over uh, there because they don't take Sweeney Todd seriously. Our production was larger in scope. Hal Prince gave it its epic sense, a sense that this man of some size instead of just a nutcase. The music helps to give it that dimension, end quote. Okay. So uh, I'll get into, for all of these, I'm going to talk a little bit about the cast, the awards, and obviously the true story behind it. The cast is star-studded. I'm not going to say all of the cast because, like I said, there's a thousand productions. So chances are you're more than a stone's throw away from somebody who was in Sweeney Todd at some point because that's how many productions there are. But the classic, uh, the original Broadway cast, Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Lovett, the the queen. She was obviously um, the um, teapot in what's called. Mrs. Potts. Mrs. Potts. Thank you very much. Put respect on her name. She was, she's in everything. She's fantastic. Also, she saved, let's not forget, she saved her son from the Manson family. Yes. And you know what? We're going to talk about the Manson family in a little bit. So stay tuned. Ah, fuck. Me and my mouth. Um, So actually, Sondheim needed to convince her, and this is how much of a badass she is. She said, Quote, your show is not called Nellie Lovett. It's called Sweeney Todd. And I'm the second <laughs> banana. End quote. Bless her heart. She, uh, look it. Look it. She knows her worth. And you know and what? You sang a little priest before. He wrote a little priest for her audition. See, I mean, game recognizes game. Yes. They're uh, two very talented individuals. Yes. Uh, Len Carew, who is the uh, original Broadway Sweeney, said, quote, that cuckoo style of playing Mrs. Lovett, that was pretty much Angela. She invented that character, end quote. Uh, When talking about how she created the character, Angela Lansbury later said, quote, I just ran with it. The wide openness of my portrayal had to do with my sink or swim attitude toward it. I figured, hell, I've done everything else on Broadway. I might as well go with Mrs. Lovett, end quote. I love that woman. I love her so much. And She's so it, precious. The role would not be what it is without Angela Lansbury. Yes, absolutely. Like Everybody she, that came after her took a little bit of her performance yes, and created yes. the character from there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Len Carew was uh, the original Sweeney. George Hearn played Sweeney on the national tour and a couple of others. I saw George Hearn as the wizard in The Wizard of Oz the first time. I, not The Wizard of Oz, fucking hell. Wicked, when I first saw it. Um, Neil Patrick Harris played Tobias in the L.A. concert version and a couple of others. Uh, Broadway darling Audra McDonald played the beggar woman at the New York Philharmonic and a couple of other performances. Kelsey Grammer played Sweeney at the mm-hmm. L.A. concert. He did indeed. Emma Thompson, who we love, um, love her. played Mrs. Lovett at the second... New York Philharmonic and a couple of other performances. Christian Borle, who is was in uh, fucking everything. Uh, I you would know him from Legally Blonde. You he would know him Emmett. from f- fucking over Sutton Foster, his ex wife. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, on, you know. on the set of Legally Blonde, where there was also allegedly, allegedly some fucking going on. <gasps> All right. Well, that's oh, you for didn't our, know that. That's for our musical theater uh, scandal, um, scandal, gossip. <laughs> that and Laura Osnes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, he played Christian Borrell played Pirelli at the second New York Philharmonic show. Michael Ball, who is like a classic in uh, London theater, played Sweeney in the third London revival. And Christine Baranski, who this movie what? always comes up, the fucking birdcage. She was in the birdcage. Mm-hmm. Yes, she, she was. She played Miss Lovett at the L.A. concert. And the queen, Patti Lapone, played Mrs. Lovett at the New York Philharmonic and a couple of other performances. Though we do stand a Baranski moment. We do. Oh, love that woman. So the original production was nominated for nine Tony Awards, winning eight, including the Best Musical Award, and nominated for 13 Drama Desk Awards, winning nine. The London production won two Olivier Awards, including Best New Musical. Several revivals were nominated and won various Tonys, Olivier's, and Drama Desk Awards. I'm not going to get into all of them, but it is wrought with awards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So the true story behind this. So there were claims that Sweeney Todd was a real person and uh, first made in the introduction in 1950 in the expanded edition of the string of pearls. That's when like it started swirling that he was a real person. Um, Two books, one being Sweeney Todd, the real story of the demon barber fleet street by Peter Hanning. Uh, He argued that, Sweeney Todd was a historical figure who committed his crimes around 1800. Other researchers who have tried to verify his citations cannot find anything to back these claims. The original story of Sweeney Todd um, possibly stems from an older urban legend, which originally brought up the questionable pie fillings. In Charles Dickens' Pickwick Papers, published from 1836 to 1837, the servant Sam Weller says that the pie man used cats for, quote, for beefsteak, veal, and kidney, uh, according to the demand, end quote. Dickens then developed this in Martin Cuzzlewit, published two years before the appearance of Sweeney Todd in The String of Pearls, with a character called Tom Pinch, who is grateful that his own, quote, evil genius did not lead him into the dens of any of those preparers of cannibalistic pastry who represented in many country legends as doing a lively retail business in the metropolis, end quote. So that's kind of like a a very Dickens way of saying they're making meat pies of people. Yeah. Yeah. So is it a real true crime is it not i like to think it is because i like this show and i want to talk about it (laughs) okay (laughs) i was like ah had us in the first half yeah mainly that reason yeah i Um, hope these people died (laughs) yeah no another one is going to be a show that you probably don't know the case and you probably don't even know the show but you definitely know the creators i hope you mean the general you oh never mind (laughs) Cannibal exclamation point the musical originally known as Alfred Packer the musical do you know the story of Alfred Packet Alfred Packer I don't know the story of either Alfred it's not Alfred it's Alfred I don't know the story of all four of these people at this point (laughs) Alfred Packer Alfred Packer Alfred Packet Alfred Packet I don't know any of them it's Alfred Packer Alfred I'm gonna say it wrong a couple of times 
So uh, the story, the show, um, based on the sole survivor of an ill-fated mining expedition, tells how his taste for gold was replaced by that of human flesh. Mm, how does that just happen? I don't know. Do, uh, do you just story. wake up one morning? Yes, but I want to know what ha- did did they hit their head? Like what happened? You just suddenly starts craving just this meat shit. Starting to look real good. I think it's starvation. I think that's probably what does it. I mean, yeah, but even in like the cartoons, when they're starving, they don't go, oh, that person looks good. They go, oh, that person looks like a chicken wing. That's right. One day we'll, we'll talk about the Donner Party and then that'll clear all that up for you. Great. Great. So this musical started as a film, which was directed, written, produced, co-scored, and starred... Trey Parker of South Park fame. Oh, I knew it sounded familiar. Yeah, this is his directorial debut while he was studying at the University of Colorado at Boulder. And his South Park co-creator, Matt Stone, also stars and co-produces in the film. So this is the first, like, Matt and Trey production. Okay, good for them. Yeah. So a live stage version was performed at the Sierra College in Rockland, California in May 1998. It was followed by Dad's Garage Theater in Atlanta, Georgia in the fall of 1998. The Dad's Garage version is highlighted with the special features of uh, Troma's DVD release of the movie. Mm. The show has continued to find small theaters and audiences across America and beyond for years. In 2001, a production was staged off-Broadway at the Crane Theater on East 4th Street in New York. A large-scale production was produced by the rival theater company at the 2008 Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And it featured West End performers and was executive produced by Jason McHugh and directed by Fraser Brown. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit of a cop-out because the show is actually a movie, but it's a musical, so I'm going with it. Hey, yeah, we'll count it. High School Musical is a musical. It says so right in the title. (laughs) So the film began as a three-minute trailer made for a film class, having been an idea Parker and his friends had for a while, but also inspired by part, in part by Parker's resentment towards his ex-fiance. After discovering her cheating on him not long before their wedding, um, in the show, <sighs> Packer's disloyal horse uh, was named Leanne. Leanne? Okay. Uh, okay. In the final film, and it was based on her. Okay, that could have been worse. <laughs> also, horse. Yeah. Sounds very similar to something else, and I see what you did there. Yeah. Tasteful, yet roasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after the trailer drew much attention, Parker and Stone raised about $125,000 and began shooting the full-length film. The film was shot during weekends and on spring break in 1993, and according to Ian Harding, who was another actor in the film, oh, most of the oh. crew... F- I know him. I know yes. him. I know him. Isn't he the guy from Pretty Little Liars? I ask everybody who obviously watches Pretty Little Liars or watched. I think I it's don't know back, if it's actually. the same one. I but he went don't to school with them. Either, but I mean, how many Ian Hardings are there? Well, Harding. Oh, then it's not him. Okay. <laughs> False alarm, everybody. Sorry. Well, according to him, who was not in Pretty Little Liars. Most of the crew failed their film history class as a result of filming <gasps> this <laughs> because That's they spent all their weekends amazing. and free time doing it. Uh, filming was done on location throughout Colorado in Denver, Colorado National Monument, Black Canyon, and Oray, I think is how you say it, 
with the courtroom scenes being shot in the actual courthouse that Alfred Packer was tried in, in Lake City, and the town scenes taking place in Provo, uh, Sagawachi? Oh, I totally butchered that. I'm so sorry. And yep. the hanging scene being shot in different parts of Buckskin, Old Joe West theme park in Canyon City. Okay. So they really just shot and ran with it. Yeah, as one does. <laughs> There's a few incidents happened during filming, such as Parker getting a hairline hip fracture after being thrown from the horse. Uh, fights Leanne. occasionally broke out um, amongst the crew. Some of the main cast experienced cold shock and almost were swept away by a strong currents from crossing Shit. the icy Gunnison River that oh doubled for the Green River. Yeah. Yeah, that is a college production for sure. Of course. <laughs> there was also a ton of inclement weather and even an avalanche, which complicated shooting. I mean, oh my it's, God. Yeah, it's in Colorado. Colorado, yeah. In the mountains. What are you going to do? When in Colorado, you know? The film was originally titled Alfred, Alfred Packer the Musical in 1993. The film premiered on October 31st, 1993 in Boulder, Colorado at a cinema near University of, Col of Colorado campus. Uh, then played at the Raindance Film Festival in October of 2004. Okay. So the cast, as you can imagine, Trey Parker was in it. He was, <laughs> he was credited as Juan Shorts. I don't know oh. why. Yeah. But he stars as Alfred Packer with Stone, um, Dion Bachar, I think is how you say his name, and others playing supporting roles. The judge in the courtroom is played by Randy Parker, who is Trey Parker's father. Oh, that's So a cute. real college production making your parents be in it. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. So the true story behind this was Alfred Packer was known as the Colorado Cannibal. Yes, we will be doing an episode on him because this... Of course. It's too tasty to talk about. You got it. Um, so he was an American prospector and self-proclaimed professional wilderness guide who confessed to cannibalism, cannibalism during the winter of 1874. He and five other men had attempted to travel through the San Juan Mountains of Colorado during the peak of a harsh winter, so he's not a very great outdoorsman. When only Packer reached civilization, he said that he had been abandoned by his party, but eventually confessed that the party had resorted to forced cannibalism, cannibalism, I don't know why I can't say it, of dead members to stay alive when they became lost. Damn. He later recanted this story and confessed to having singularly lived off the flesh of his companions during his snowbound state. After they had fallen victim to party member Shannon Bell, whom Packer said he shot in self-defense. He confessed oh, to shit. having used their flesh to survive while stranded and during his trek out of the mountains nearly two and a half months later. Nah. After Packer, <laughs> I know. After Packer's story was called into question, he escaped jail and hid from justice for nine years. Jesus. I know. I guess he is an outdoorsman. Ted Bundy who? Um, he, before he was uh, brought back in, tried, convicted of premeditated murder and sentenced to death. Packer won a retrial and was eventually sentenced to 40 years in prison on five counts of voluntary manslaughter. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, that's the, that's the, the spark noted version. But forget about all that when we do an episode. because we, we weren't here. You never heard this. No. Uh, the next show is pretty popular. I only have two oh. more left. So oh, it's Wicked? No, it's not. Why would it's you? not based on true, true fact. But you said it's pretty popular. Yeah, Again. like you knew what you were doing. That's not fair. Uh, it's an oldie but a goodie. It is Parade. 
Do you know Parade? Oh, I know Parade. Okay, good. So Parade tells the true story of Leo Frank, who was a Brooklyn-raised Jewish man living in Atlanta who was wrongfully convicted of rape and murder of his 13-year-old employee, Mary Fagan, in 1913. Mm-hmm. Because Frank's sensationalized trial was full of faulty testimony and lacked any clear evidence, Georgia's governor eventually commuted his sentence from death to life imprisonment after reviewing over 10,000 pages of documentation on the case. Despite this ruling, a lynch mom hanged Frank in Mary Fagan's hometown of Marriott, Georgia. The momentous case drew national attention to anti-Semitism and was pivotal into the founding of the Anti-Defamation League, as well as reviving the KKK in the South. This is a big case. This is a big deal. Yeah. So that's the synopsis and also the history, like the true crime behind it, because the show is just the real life case of this. Um, Yeah. So the original Broadway production was directed by Harold Prince and the book was by Alfred Ure and the music and lyrics were by Jason Robert Brown in his first Broadway production. Jason Robert Brown is also uh, the one who did the music for the last five years. Okay. Oh. The movie came out recently, Jeremy Jordan and uh, Anna Kendrick. It's a fantastic show, a beautiful production. The movie does a decent job. So yeah. Made me sad. That works. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, So the musical premiered on Broadway at the Vivian Beaumont Theater at Lincoln Center on December 17th, 1998, and closed on February 28th, 1999, after 39 previews and 84 regular performances. Fucking. Yeah. A U.S. national tour, again directed by Prince, started at the Fox Theater in Atlanta in June 2000, with Jason Robert Brown conducting at some venues. The first major production in the United Kingdom was directed by Rob Ashford and played at the Donmar Warehouse from September 24th to November 24th, 2007. There's a double CD cast recording of this production and has been released by First Night Records. The recording includes new material written by Brown for the production and contains all the songs and dialogue from the Donmar production. So it's basically like the entire show. You can listen to the entire show. Yeah. So you won't see any of the visuals, but you can hear the entire production. Yep. The the large Broadway orchestration was reduced by David Cullen and Brown to a nine-piece ensemble consisting of two pianos, an accordion, percussion, clarinet, horns, and strings. Another off-West End production opened on August 10th, 2011 for a six-week engagement ending on September 17th at the Southwark Playhouse Vault Theater. It was directed by... Tom Sutherland with musical staging. Is it Tom? It's I think T- it's T H O M. Yeah, honey. I, think I know it's Tom. Tom. Tom, what's his name from Tom York? Tom York. Yeah, I think I don't it's, know. I it think looks it's like Tom. Tom. <laughs> if you spell your name that way, guess what? It's Tom. There was a quote today. Is like, why do Timothys always go by Tim and not Moth? <laughs> Yeah, you've never heard of Moth Chalamet? I can't say it. Yeah. Anyway, it was directed by Thom <laughs> Sutherland with staging Tom. by Tim Jackson. It's fine. It's it's not. He didn't kill Van anybody. Der we got to get his name right. Okay. All right. You know what? You know what? That was to be punny. <laughs> it wasn't punny. It was just Parade being ridiculous. was staged 
at the Neighborhood Playhouse in Palo Verde Estates, California. From Palos Jan- Verdes? Palos Verdes? Is there, is there, is there an is S there that an I S totally dropped I, off? I, I either the S is in my head or there is an S. I don't remember. I think I dropped the S. But no, that was you may not have dropped it. July 9th, 2008, and it was directed by Brady. This is correct. Schwind. S-C-H-W-I-N-D. Yeah, Schwind. like the bicycle, but with yes. a D. Uh, the Donner production transferred to the Mark Tapper Forum in Los Angeles, California in September 2009 for a run through November 15th, 2009. On February 16th, 2015, a concert production of Parade was staged at the Avery Fisher Hall in Lincoln Center by Manhattan Concert Productions, directed by Gary Griffin and conducted by Jason Robert Brown. There's some uh, big names in this cast in the original Broadway production. Brent Carver played Leo Frank. He made uh, he was made famous from Kiss of the Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolee Carmelo um, played Lucille Frank. She was in The Addams Family, Kiss Me Kate, You're in Town, 1776, Mamma Mia, fucking everything. I was going to say, and, is there anything she wasn't in? Yeah, right. Christy Carlson Romano <gasps> played Mary Fagan. Yes. Yes. We know her from Even Stevens and Cadet Kelly. Well, you know her from Even Stevens and Cadet Kelly. I know her because she grew up a couple towns away from me. And she went to the same high school as I did before she left to go on Even Stevens. She was there her freshman year. And then she left. Yeah. And my computer teacher said she was a nice young lady. Ooh. Yes. It was a quote from Even Stevens when I was watching an old episode. That's, Um, ooh, Haley's famous. (laughs) <laughs> on the tour, David Pitu um, played Bless Leo you. Frank. <laughs> he was he was in various uh, serial shows, including Law and Order, The OG, SVU, and Criminal Intent, The Trifecta. Oh yeah. Uh, Andrea Burns plays Lucille Frank on the tour. She was in On Your Feet, Beauty and the Beast, and In the Heights. TBT to On Your Feet. Yeah. And at Avery one. Fisher Hall, bringing him back, Jeremy Jordan mm-hmm. played Leo Frank from the last five years, Smash and Newsies. Um, and I can never say her last name. Laura Ben Benanti. 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 That's it. Benanti. Was, I saw her in a production of The Wedding Singer when I saw it on Broadway. She was also in The Sound of Music, Into the Woods, and Gypsy. She's and very she played good. Lucille Frank. I, I don't remember if I said that or not. She's fantastic. I love her. Yeah, she's lovely. Uh, so. In 1999, at the Tonys, uh, the parade won for Best Original Score and Best Book. It was also nominated for seven other awards. At the Drama Desk Awards in 1999, um, it won Outstanding Musical, Outstanding Book of a Musical, Outstanding Actor in a Musical for uh, Brent Carver, Outstanding Actress in a Musical for Carolee Carmelo, Outstanding Orchestrations, Outstanding Music, and it was nominated for seven others. Uh, it was also nominated for seven Olivier Awards in 2008 for the original London production. And that is that. And my last show is, uh, which is weird because it just came up today in a podcast that I was listening to. Um, it's Assassins. Do you oh, know Assassins? I I know of Assassins. I don't know the case associated with it. Well, it's multiple. Because uh, the show depicts nine misfit men and women who attempted, four of them successfully, to assassinate American presidents. 
While every nation has its assassins and would-be assassins, only in America, the author suggests, do disturbed and disturbing individuals act not because they hope to influence national politics, but because they are wrapped up in a malignant sense of entitlement. Feeling betrayed by the failed promise of an American democracy and the American dream, they strike out at the symbol for America, the American president. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, basically, like, I'm not going to get into the synopsis of the show because it basically just follows like these assassins and you'll know the names because when I get to the cast, you'll be like, oh yeah, that fucking person. <laughs> um, so the music and lyrics for the show are by none other than Stephen Sodheim, of course, uh-huh. uh, with a book by John Weidman and it was based on the original concept by Charles Gilbert Jr. In 1979, Sondheim read the script by Gilbert Jr., the play eventually had little in common with uh, the musical. Uh, assassins was originally about a Vietnam veteran who becomes a presidential assassin. But Sondheim was inspired by its title, its use of quotes from various historical figures who had attempted to assassinate American presidents, and its opening scene of a shooting gallery with a lighted sign that said, shoot the prez and win a prize, Ooh. which he eventually incorporated into the musical itself. Yikes. The show features a cast of successful and attempted presidential assassins including john wilkes booth who assassinated uh president lincoln david harold who was an accomplice of john wilkes booth charles gitto who was the assassin of president garfield leon chogos i had to put like the pronunciations in here because i <laughs> could not fucking remember so forgive me if i even put the pronunciations wrong hey i think his hey. name is leon chogos but there's two z's in there so uh, oh, oh well um he's a piece of shit anyway i don't give a shit i was shit. gonna he, say we don't need to worry about him we have yeah, to worry about is, the toms <laughs> thom he assassinated Stop. uh president william mckinley giuseppe zangara he was the attempted assassin of president-elect franklin d roosevelt lee harvey oswald who assassinated jfk samuel bick who attempted to assassinate president uh, richard nixon john hinckley jr who was the attempted assassin of president reagan lynette squeaky Fromm, who was a manson girl and attempted to ad- assassinate uh, gerald ford and that sarah jane moore who was the attempted assassin of uh gerald ford also or did i get that wrong i'm sorry if i got that wrong but that's how i wrote it in my notes so i guess two people tried to assassinate him fuck damn um wasn't very well liked <laughs> no uh, so there are three versions of the show, the original, the London production, and the Broadway production. Each one is a little bit different. The, there are some roles that were combined and a song was added to the London production. The current licensed version of the musical reflects the 2004 Broadway revival. And while the 2004 production is labeled as a revival, it's actually the first time it premiered on Broadway proper. The 1990 off-Broadway production is counted as the original production. Um, uh, okay. Yes. So this is one of those weird ones that the original production isn't actually like the OBC, what we call the original Broadway cast, original Broadway production. Right. Um, so although the script does not combine the balladeer and Oswald into a single role, many productions have followed um, the revival in doing so. So lots of times when you see the show, uh, there's one actor playing both roles. Right. For instance... Neil Patrick Harris played the balladeer and Lee Harvey Oswald at the Broadway production. Victor Garber, who was in Godspell, Sweeney Todd, Milk, uh, Titanic, Legally Blonde, Sleepless in Seattle. 
he played John Wilkes Booth at the original reading and the off-Broadway production. So he was Ooh. in it from like the get-go. Also, he can do that thing with his hair where he can look like John Wilkes Booth. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what, what I'm talking about. Yeah. He's just, he's that good. Uh, Stephen Pasquale, who was in Six Feet Under, The Good Wife, mm-hmm. and The People vs. O.J. Simpson, he played John Wilkes Booth in the 2020 off-Broadway revival. Yes, there was a off-Broadway revival in the year that wasn't. That. Um, Gregory Gurman, who was in Ally McBeal, was John Hinckley Jr. in the original off-Broadway production. And then there's, I mean, there's been so many productions and so many different casts. Those are just the ones I grabbed. Yeah. Um, the original off-Broadway production was nominated for six Drama Desk Awards in 1991. And it won the Distinguished Achie- Achievement in Musical Theater at the 1991 Drama League Awards. The original Broadway production... Uh, Henry Goodman won Best Actor in a Musical at the 1993 Olivier's and Best Musical at the 1992 Critics Theatre Awards. And now the original Broadway production was nominated for six Tonys in 2004 and won five, including Best Revival of a Musical. It was nominated and won various other Drama Desk Awards, Drama League Awards, and Outer Critics Circle Awards. Okay. And it's been a short episode, but... That's what I got. I mean, there's oh. other shows that I want to talk about that I didn't have time to do all the research for. There's a Charles Manson musical called The Summer Ooh. of Hate. There's Thrill Me, the Leopold and Loeb story, which I'm going to mm-hmm. be talking about Leopold and Loeb, so I don't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bright Star, The Cape Man, Thou Shalt Not. Um, obvi- we talked about Chicago I already. I was going to say, I think Chicago was based on... True yes. crime, if I remember correctly. I mean, that correctly. was like our seventh episode. So. No, so that was the one that I did. So Yes. <laughs> um, also, The Maids. It's not a musical, but it's a Broadway well, play. Well, I'm, I'm going to be talking what about... I'm going to be talking about plays in a different episode. Oh, there's going to be a part two. Possibly. Part two, maybe in part three. Because, oh. I, I mean, I want to talk about horror and mus- musical theater. Like, I have to talk mm-hmm. about Little Shop of Horrors. I have to talk about, like... Um, Spider-Man. Yeah, of course. That yes. that was a horrific musical. Yeah. That was so, awful. Yeah. So that's that. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can check out our website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. We got links to all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. You can join our Patreon for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. You can get episodes early. You can get a postcard from us. You can get chats with us. Um, Just fun stuff. The video of Caitlin reacting to the jump scare from the end of Friday the 13th. You can see that. Um, Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Join. Uh, well, not join. Sign up for our secret Satan gift exchange. Yes. We got a bunch got of people. Going. Yeah, we got a bunch of people signed up for it. And we're going to be giving out names shortly. So get your name in there. Uh, here's some details. We will be opening gifts on Halloween. So yes. you need to have your items sent before then with an arrival date before Halloween so that we can all open them together. Um, $25 maximum. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Feel free to make your own gifts. Yes. I mean, honestly preferred. We love, I was going to say, we love a DIY moment. We love a DIY moment. My person's going to get something DIY probably. Oh fuck. I hope it's me. If I have time now that I, I mean, I'm 
I was going to say, you have no time. I'm negative. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> I, in the negatives. I know. I'm like 50 days away from the wedding. It's uh, it's a lot to handle. Um, but you're still going to get episodes. You're still going to get Spooktober. We're working for it. I just found my last creepy pasta that I'm going to be talking yeah. about. So get ready for creepy pastas this year because it's the cream of the crop with these ones. Took me a while to find them. But Hell I hope yeah. everyone enjoys. So that was that. We are us. This is Crime Culture. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. <laughs>